Hi, everyone. Welcome to Merch Money. Today we have Greg with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. Greg, I had heard about first on the Merch Minds podcast uh, a couple, when was that, a couple months ago? I think so. Something like that. Um, I don't even know if they had realized that you were going to start talking about private label. I think it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening and, and I was just as Young was reacting to what you were saying, I was reacting the same way. I'm like, wait, who is this guy? I'm like, I got to get him on the show. <laughs> so thank you, Young and Glenn. Um, because I, I didn't know about you before that. So that um, so he he was talking about turning his best selling merch shirts into private label. I'm like, this is really interesting. We I gotta ask more questions about this. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, well, I'll be happy to just dive into yeah. how, uh, how this came about and and how it how it's going. Yeah, tell us a little background about how you got into e-commerce to begin with, and and because uh, I know you do FBA and a lot of other things. So mm -hmm. tell us a little background. So I've been selling on Amazon since I think 2012, which is really embarrassing that I'm not like a bajillionaire. Um, <laughs> I always kind of treated it just as this uh, fun little side hustle. Um, just it, it was always just something on the side. We were always, you know, we did a lot of retail arbitrage. Um, we did like bulk book selling for a while, which there's, I know people do great at that, but um, I cannot tell you how many thousands of pounds of books I carried up and down my basement stairs. Um, at one point our entire garage, not kidding, the entire two car garage was stacked floor to ceiling, wall to wall with boxes of books. Oh. And um, my Christina knows about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I got out of that. Got out of that business uh, once. Once I saw what volume actually meant, and um, so we, you know, I just continued kind of selling stuff on Amazon on the side. Um, started private labeling actually in 2016. Um, not very good at it at that point. I uh, didn't take any courses or anything. I was just you know listening to free material out there and just kind of. Um, limped my way through it and basically you know i under we, we learned the process of, of how to do it but not really how to do it well so in 2017 i heard about merch and thought it sounded like a really interesting uh thing to to check out so um we got in in my wife and i got our account in i think in april 2017 I'll have to double check that, but that, that sounds about right. So we had some good initial success with a couple uh, decent designs. And then I was very fortunate to get a bunch of designs up for the Eclipse. And uh, well, two or three of mine were like, like number one search ranked for like major search terms for Eclipse shirts. So we did some really awesome, just out of the, out of the gate volume on merch. And uh, very quickly after the eclipse, slowly came to realize I'm not actually that good at merch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had some, you know, had some good ideas. Uh, I worked with some great designers, and I still have a handful of things up now that that sell consistently. They sell well, but in terms of just that constant idea generation and putting up good designs all the time, um, it's it wasn't really my skill set. So. Coming out of 2017 into 2018, uh, I don't I don't know if if anybody remembers this, but 
in at the end of 2018, Merch changed their ASIN structure. Yeah, I remember. Their, and they absolutely like ruined my account in doing that. <clears throat> so I had I had this one design in particular. I was selling easily selling like a hundred a month without any advertising. Uh, you know it, that one design. It was like you know five hundred dollars a month in royalties. I mean it was it was nice. Um, the uh, I, I was doing about a thousand a month on average. I'd say in royalties. So when that one design died, I was just really kind of upset and just the the idea of having to re-rank the the new listing was just it just sounded miserable also had trouble getting going in the um the new merch advertising platform uh we can go into that if you want but basically there used to be this this workaround hack for how to get into the well what's it called yeah AMS. AMS. yeah or it was legal and in doing so i kind of screwed my ability to to use legit ams now so let that be a lesson. <laughs> I always wondered about that if I did the same thing because I had the workaround way uh -huh. and then a lot of people's went away at some point. Mine never went away. So I still have that workaround way one. Oh, nice. That's the only AMS I use. And I wondered like when everybody else reapplied, I'm like, am I supposed to? I, I, I don't know. Hopefully it works as well as everybody else's. I don't know. It seems like it works. If you still have a working <laughs> account, and AMS, I would just would not touch it at all. Yeah, I'm but, just using yeah. it. I'm like, I guess it's what everybody else has. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was dealt this one-two punch at the end of 2018 in merch. Yeah. My top seller was killed, and I couldn't use AMS anymore. And so I had to just coast off of my raw talent, which just didn't get me very far. You know. Oh. Um, so, anyways, what I what I thought of doing, I was just again really upset that uh, that this top selling design disappeared. And I knew that there was still demand for it. I just didn't have any way to get it in front of people. So then I thought, well, what if I just printed a bunch of shirts, like screen printed them and shipped them into Amazon as an FBA product, like a private label product. And so what I tried first actually was I ordered my own merch shirt. And then I tried to list my own merch shirt under my merch listing as like, I was like a hijacker seller, you know, doing like yeah. merchant fulfilled. Uh -huh. uh, and my, my thought was if that worked, I could screen print shirts and like undercut Amazon pricing wise and steal the buy box from them and use that to, I could price anything I wanted. Right. So merch, you're, you're limited in how low you can go. Yeah. But if I could undercut them, you know, I could sell a shirt for eight bucks and get it ranked and then let them take over. Um, turns out you can't do that. So yeah, my, my listing was immediately deactivated when, as soon as it showed up in the warehouse and, uh, like stranded inventory. And, um, so I just quickly cut that off. I didn't want to get in too much trouble. So you can't sell on merch listings just so you know. Yeah. Good, good, good tip guys. Can't good, good sell on merch. For, for anyone who's not FBA, FBA sellers, there's more than one seller per product. So if there's just like a, I don't know, box of Cheerios or something. There might be a hundred sellers selling that box of Cheerios. So he thought you could do that with merch shirts, like just do a listing under that shirt, but you can't. Oh, okay. You can't do yeah, that. So the plan was to steal the buy box from Amazon. Yeah. For myself, really. Buy but box means that that's what the, the 
seller that you see. So you'll, if you just click buy box, it'll go to that seller. If you don't click buy box, there's like a see all, but nobody ever really clicks on the see all. If you say see all, you'll see all the different sellers and can pick a seller to buy from. But like no one ever really does that except maybe for used books. So buy box is important because that means that you can just click buy. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Sorry, trying to translate for all the non-FBA yeah. people. <laughs> no, that's not awesome. No, yeah. If I, if I go too far into stuff that just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Back me <laughs> up if I do that. Yeah, that's fine. So what I ended up doing is I, I picked my top selling color and my three top selling sizes in this design. And I screen printed maybe 50 or 60 of each size in that color. So it was maybe... I don't recall the exact numbers. It was between 150 and 180 shirts. <clears throat> and I created a new listing on Amazon for these shirts. I copied all my old bullet points over. Um, I added some more, some more verbiage in there. So on a, on an FBA listing, you have a lot more fields for keywords. Yeah. You, you can, you have more than two bullet points. You actually have five bullet points and there's a, a hidden place in the back end of the listing where you can add more, search terms that do not show up in front of the customer. So you can like sneak in some other things there that, that may raise eyebrows on the front end, um, but still be helpful for search on the back end, like misspellings and, and st stuff like that. So you can really optimize the listing for, for maximum search visibility a lot more so the, than you can on merch. <clears throat> so I created this, I launched it right before Black Friday last year, I think. And uh, I sold them at at a, a very low price to start with. I was maybe between $10 and $12 a unit. So I was probably losing a couple bucks per shirt on top of the inventory cost to get going. But I just wanted to see if I could get this thing moving and ranked quickly. And so I used all of my advertising tools in my FBA account. Uh, there, there are a few interesting things in there that you can do that, that are not available through AMS or not available through AMS for, for merch sellers at least. But long story short, by the end of, well, by the mid December, I had completely sold out of everything that I had shipped in and I had, I'd been slowly raising the price. So come to today, I am selling the shirt for, I don't know, 1999 or something like that. On average, I still only have the three sizes and the one color, and I have completely blown away the 500 a month royalties that I used to be getting in merch. So I'm, I'm making quite a bit more than that, and I, I'm having trouble keeping the uh, product in stock all the time. Um, the wow. screen printer, the local screen printer that I've used has been, uh, <clears throat> they fluctuated in their um, reliability in uh, delivering what I need when I needed it. So I think my sales could have actually been much higher this year if I was in stock all the time. Uh, but I think that one design is probably, I don't know if I have numbers out in front of me, but I mean, it's, it's, it's been like, you know, a low five figure profit on that. That's awesome. So. Wow. So let's, let's break this down for everybody to make sure that everybody understands. So the benefit, because it's like, well, why wouldn't you just sell it on merch? So one of the reasons why you wouldn't just sell it on merch is because you can buy the shirts cheaper, right? So how, where are you buying the shirts? So I, there are a couple, I mean, there's, there are screen printers mm -hmm. all over. 
So, okay. you know, if you want to do somebody local, no matter where you live, there is mm -hmm. a screen printer somewhere nearby. Uh, it, you can go to, I mean, there are big contract spring, screen, screen printers around the country. Um, I've used two so far, one local, one is out of state. I'm looking at another one. But what I can tell you is that if, if you're doing roughly the volume I'm doing, if you're getting a couple hundred a month, um, you can expect to pay between probably five and $7 per shirt, depending on how many colors, if you're doing front and back, the quality of the t-shirt blank you use. Uh, I really like the, the men's Bella canvas shirt that it's like the merch premium for men, mm -hmm. the one yeah. that actually fits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm using that as my standard and it's, it, it, it costs a little more than, than some of the cheaper blanks, but uh, I think the quality pays off in this case. So why have you um, not ordered from like China or AliExpress or something like that? Um, Honestly, I just haven't thought of it. Uh, <laughs> I know I could get this, I, I could get everything made in China cheaper. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that I do like the Bella Canvas brand is that a lot of their stuff is manufactured in the U.S. And so I'm okay. highlighting that in my listing. It's like, you know, um, I think for the for the niche that that's in, it's an important selling point. Okay. But, oh, okay. Okay. But certainly, I mean, there are other, yeah. other shirts where that wouldn't matter as much, and you could definitely go, um, you know, more of a, a bulk buy from overseas and, and just get them shipped over for cheaper. So I, I, I'm looking into a couple of things right now. I'd like to get my unit cost under five dollars. Yeah, because so. I think you could get really good deals on um, Alibaba or somewhere somewhere over there. Yeah. Um, so the other option is I have a friend uh, in the U.S. who's doing he, he prints his own shirts. Mm -hmm. He has he has a T-shirt business off Amazon uh -huh. and he does really well. And he he has like his own printing machine in his garage. And he also uses a contract printer for overflow. But he's doing like, he, he makes like thousands of shirts a month in his garage, yeah. like by himself. And, you know, I was talking to him. He's like, you can find this stuff used for you know, a couple thousand bucks. So wow. if you're really serious about being a, a like a t-shirt printer, then, you know, take some of your merch winnings and, and put it into merch like, winnings. <laughs> some of those, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, um, I was, I was trying to, you know, it, it, it was weird with, with merch because there was so little overhead. Like I didn't know where to reinvest the money and it, like to grow the business. I'm so used to needing inventory and just dumping <laughs> all the money into more inventory. You're so, like, oh. I gotta buy shirts. I gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the royalties in my mind were always like more like winnings than profits. Yeah, yeah. that's so. so funny. Oh, okay, so, yeah. so one thing is you can get the shirts cheaper. The other benefit of selling on Amazon directly instead of merch is that you can put more keywords in your listings. Yes. So that talk a little more about that. That that is a really like. Do you do your own mockups, and how do you really make your shirts stand out compared to merch shirts? I, so, quick, yeah, go quick, ahead. Christina. Before we go there, I want to ask a little bit more about the printer, real quick. Okay. Um, what's kind of the common minimum run with like a local printer like that? Like, can they run twenty, or yes. does it have to be like fifty, a hundred, or? So lower runs just mean a higher unit cost. So if you do a run of 20, then it might be like 12 bucks a shirt. Okay. If you do a run of a thousand, 
you know, it's probably under five. I'd like to get under five without having to do quite that many at a time. But yeah. the price per unit based on your volume so that, you know, if you go in there wanting a dozen of something, they'll do it, but it's going to be more expensive per shirt. Right. And then how did you determine, um, so you said you get three sizes and one color. Did you just use your Merch by Amazon metrics to I determine? Did. I just took the top selling color for that design and I looked at the sizes and just kind of did like a, basically it's a, it's like a medium, large, extra large in this case. Perfect. Okay. Some designs like skew smaller or larger, like depending on who's buying them, uh, men or women or, um, <clears throat> so the, the, the shirt I'm selling it, like I said, it's a men's fellow canvas blank I'm using. Okay. But I think my customer base tends to skew a little more female. And so, um, like a lot more of the mediums sell in, in this particular design than like one of my more gender neutral designs or one that's targeted a little bit more masculine, like then like the larger sizes sell more. So, um, but again, using merch data to, to kind of get close to, to where you need to be is really helpful because if I didn't have the, the data from merch to do this, I, I'd be very reluctant to go and just pick one color, right? What if it's the wrong color? Right. So, I'd be tempted to go three, four or five colors. And then you probably need a minimum of three sizes per color. And even if you're doing low runs in each one, that's, I mean, that's a lot of shirts already. Yeah. Um, you've got to, you've got to throw a lot of money down and, and hope that that works. And again, this is only for one design. So right. I think the, the beauty of what makes this just such a, such a great opportunity, um, you know, for, for those who, who feel like this fits in with what they're doing is that you can test everything for free almost on, on merch, you know, what designs are going to sell, you know, what colors, what sizes, and you, you know how to get traffic because you already have keywords up. So putting it on FBA is just optimizing and doubling down on all that stuff. So it kind of, you know, sliding back around to, to mock-ups and listings. So I, I use place it, to, to do a bunch of mock-ups. I have like a, just a plain shirt mock-up mock on a white background okay. listing picture. But then I can throw in like five or six lifestyle pictures of the place it models, like wearing the shirt around town. And it, it adds a lot more, you know, life to the listing than just kind of the, the sterile plain merch listings where it's like one picture and then a bunch of sizes that, that don't really, not accurate. Yeah, that was my question. So you okay? So you do do lifestyle mockups. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So do you have like a plain, like a white background for the first image, and then yes. lifestyle ones after that? Okay. Yes. And do you do your own photography, or how do you get those mockups? I just buy them all from Placeit. So all I think it's Placeit.net. I'm I'm sure yep. most people have heard of it. Yep. They have like a monthly subscription plan that's really cheap, and that's just what I'm doing, and I just. For each listing, I'll just pull down a ton of mockups that, that match that niche okay. and uh, just use those. So even for the first image, you can do it from Placeit? Yes. With a white back? Because don't you have to do a white background or not? For the yeah, it's a, white, it's a pure white background. So some okay. of their, okay. their mockups are just like a shirt and you can set it to be like a pure white background. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm using them for everything. Great. Okay. So, so do you leave your merch listing up? And you have both, so you have the FBA listing and the merch listing? I leave my merch listings up. Mm -hmm. I raise the prices on them. And then I'm able to run 
advertising from my FBA listings directly onto the merch listings. So if somebody goes on the merch listing, right, because it's already ranked, what they see like right under the, the picture for the listing is this other option of a shirt that looks exactly the same that's $8 cheaper. Ah, that is so, so interesting. So I'm using my merch listings to drive traffic to my FBA listings to help them get started up basically. Wow. Wow. That is really good to know. Okay. So you, you start off with the ads and then for the listing, how do you, um, I guess you take, you take the bullet points from your merch listing and then how do you decide all the other keywords and how to really optimize that listing? I am a, so I have a, a piece of software called viral launch. Uh, it's, oh, okay. it's one of the private label like software packages. Uh -huh. One of the things that it lets you do is, um, you can do a reverse ASIN search on any Amazon listing. And, mm -hmm. and what that shows you is what keywords are actually driving traffic to the listing right okay. now. So I can reverse ASIN search my merch listings. And in addition to any keywords, you know, all the keywords in my listing that I've written in, sometimes there are other customer search terms that are, that are also driving traffic. So I can make sure that those are in my FBA listing. And then in addition, it has a tool where you can type in a particular keyword and it will do a, a big broad search and give you back a bunch of related keywords. So for instance, if you're looking for a, a trash can, sometimes people search waste basket or trash mm -hmm. bin or something like that. So, you know, if, if my shirt is a trash can shirt, it's not. This will tell me that I should also mention waste bin and um, you know, all these other, all these other relevant words that are, that are maybe like one off from what I've already, what I'm already using, but it's still going to drive the same customers to the listing. So I use that software to kind of optimize my listing and try to capture all the high value, high volume keywords that I can, and then stuff them in wherever I can. That's awesome. I see Teresa's question. She said, or, or, or comment, I guess. Um, to be an FBA seller, you have to pay $40 a month to Amazon just to have an FBA account. Plus, you, they get a cut of your sale and inventory storage costs. Just want to let everybody know the costs involved. Yeah, it's even worse than that. Um, you have to pay. I mean, you would you you would. My um, my current advertising budget would probably make most people vomit in their mouth. Like it's really, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it costs a lot of money to get a new listing ranking in any kind of competitive category. And there's there's a couple ways to do that. You can pay for ads, you can get people to like buy your shirts and then um, it's actually against Amazon's terms of service to, to do this, but I do know what happens. Like you get people to buy your, your product and then you're like reimburse them for it kind of outside of Amazon, but that's that's something that goes on. Mm -hmm. So def like the, the wonderful thing about merch is that there's such a low barrier to entry you can put up thousands of designs with virtually no cost, uh, especially if, if you have design skills or, you know, it, it, it's, it's very minimal to, to test things. So the downside to that is that there's a low barrier of entry for everybody. So competition, as we know, very quickly ramped up from 2017 to 2018 to today. I mean, it's just a completely different field than it was two years ago. And mediocre designers like myself just have trouble competing in that environment. Um, but for anybody willing to take a look at FBA, 
the the higher startup cost and the higher operation cost is actually an advantage because fewer people are going to take advantage of these tools because they do they do cost money. So you're you're definitely in for forty dollars a month to have the the seller account, and I can tell you hands down that is the smallest expense that I have every single month in my FBA business. Yeah. Okay. But, and that $40 a month, technically you could not pay it and be like a regular regular seller, right. but your listing fee would be more expensive. So as long as yeah. you sell more than 40 products a month, it's cheaper to do the $40 a month. It is. And if you're, if you don't have the hmm. pro seller account, you're much more limited in your um, advertising options as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you still feel like it's worth it. So even after all of the added costs and even after all the added work, it's still higher profit per item sold. And you have more ability to get it out in front of people because you have more spots for keywords. I would say it can be higher profit per item sold. Okay. So my cost of goods is not optimized. Like I told you, I'm paying right now between 550 and like 675 per shirt. Uh -huh. I guarantee I could, if I spend a little time looking, I could get that down. Right. So if I'm selling a shirt at 20 bucks and my cost of goods is $7, um, my Amazon fees are right around six or $7 per item in FBA. So that means I'm, I'm netting six or $7 basically okay. before the cost of advertising. So depending on how heavily I have to push a particular design, you know, that may be, you know, sometimes the advertising can really eat that up. But after something is ranked well organically, then you can kind of pull back on the ads a little bit. Okay. So I would say on average, I'm making four to five dollars a shirt at twenty dollars. So that's actually right around the ballpark for merch. Mm -hmm. But with merch, you don't have to put in the inventory up front. Um, so, again, it's lower risk, but I, I can get things selling very, very quickly using mm -hmm. FBA that would take me forever to do on merch. Like, wow. The, the, I think that's the advantage is that I can, I can use all the tools on the platform to, um, to do what I want to do. Um, but again, they all cost money. And you also can probably do other products that merch hasn't offered if you wanted to, um, right. so like the, mugs or whatever, something else. Oh yeah. You can do anything. And you know, yeah. the, the people who do like the, the couples shirts, right. Uh -huh. You used to have to put all this verbiage in your description. Hey, look, you know, go find my other one and click on the brand name and blah, blah, blah. And it, just hoping that they'd find it. You can just create a listing that has both shirts. Yes. That's right? what's really nice. So, um, yeah, or, 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 you know, like the, the, uh, there's a couple designs out there where it's like a family series. There's like a, a mom mm -hmm. shirt and a dad shirt and a baby onesie and, you can just bundle it all together and sell it as one product if you want to. Yeah. So, when you do that, I had never actually done that. I've, I had sold bundles on FBA, but not like clothing bundles. So if you sell a clothing bundle, can they pick different sizes within that bundle or not? You know, I've never actually done that. Um, yeah. My, I believe that the way you'd have to set it up is that it, it would be very difficult to customize sizes within the bundle. Yeah, I think so but too. Probably. So, thinking out loud, the way I'd probably do that is have each product be its own listing. But mm -hmm. when you added one to the cart, I'm, I'm sure people have noticed this. If you scroll down just a little bit below like the, the main image on a listing, it'll say frequently bought together. Yeah. There are ways to strongly influence what shows there if you control the listing. 
So okay. if you had the dad shirt, you could you could engineer it so that frequently bought together showed the mom shirt and the baby shirt. That'd be very, very easy to do. Okay. And even if you, so even if they did have to like click on your brand to see the other shirt, you could still have a, a like picture in there probably showing like this is what the shirt is supposed to look like together. Right. <laughs> so it kind of helps to be able to have mock-ups. You could even add the picture showing all three yeah. as one of your listing photos. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So just directing people to find all the other pieces to it. Yes. I think, I think that's the big benefit because we can't do that with merch. Like we can't add that picture of all three together. Right. That's what I use Pinterest for. So this week I posted about, you know, my Pinterest numbers and everything. Well, that's one of the reasons I kind of got back into Pinterest a little bit is because I had shirts that went together and Pinterest helps a lot with that. Cause you can just show a picture of, you know, it was like brides and bachelorette shirts and things like that. You could show them together and then, um, I used Merch Wizard to uh, create a store link. So it had both the shirts right there in one link. Mm -hmm. So it made it so much easier for people to figure out what in the world this was supposed to look like. <laughs> nice. Um, so, all right, well, this is so good. Is there, uh, I haven't looked at the chat. Do you see questions, Christina? Yeah, we've got a few questions. So, um, so someone did ask about um, getting stuck with inventory and mm -hmm. it sounds like you really haven't had that happen yet very much or not for shirts. I mean, okay. If you do a lot of inventory based business, there's going to be times where you get stuck with inventory. There are ways to kind of minimize the risk on that. Like make sure you buy at a good price, make sure like there are ways to gauge that demand exists for the product. Like I mentioned the viral launch keyword tool. I, I can look and see what everybody's sales volume is for a particular product. I know, roughly how many they're selling every month consistently. And so I don't, uh, I, I can limit the damage basically uh, by by not getting something that nobody's ever heard of, which is kind of dangerous to do on, on Amazon at least. Right. Again, I already have data on merch showing that this design sells a hundred a month. And mm -hmm. so I already know that. All I have to do is get all those eyeballs from the merch listing onto my FBA listing and I should be able to sell a hundred a month. Yeah. That's okay. really cool. And that's kind of how you base your, where your starting inventory was. How many was I selling on yes. average? Okay. Um, and then what was the other question? Oh, um, some people asked, and I think you, I think you answered this, but I, I want to go back and make sure. Um, it sounded like at the very beginning you tried merchant fulfilled. Is that right? Or has it always been? I try to do FBA because I just don't, okay. I don't like shipping stuff. Um, okay. It's, okay. It's a pain. I, we have, well, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> very familiar with shipping stuff and I prefer not to do it every day. Okay. So it's so all FBA, only... but again, I mentioned having, having stocking problems. And so there have been several times where I'm going out of stock at Amazon and I'm picking up shirts for my printer and I just have to fulfill them for a week out of my basement because they won't get checked into to the warehouse in time. So I've, all of these listings I've done merchant fulfilled when I have to, but it's, it's, it's not the way I like to do it. Uh, right. You get a better conversion rate for that, FBA. That's good to know. I didn't even think about that. So you can change a listing from FBA to merchant fulfilled. If you need what to. you can do, and this is totally within Amazon's terms of service. You can come on as a secondary seller on your own listing. Oh, so, I got it. Okay. You know, it'll say, 
if you click in to see the other sellers, it's the same store name, but one of them is FBA and one of them is Merchant Fulfilled. And if you want to, if you want to like push one or the other, you just change the pricing so that one of them is in the buy box instead of the other. But I, I, I try that to bring FBA and Merchant Fulfilled is like emergency backup. That is so good to have that emergency backup though. I never thought of doing that, of adding yourself under your own listing to do merchant. Cause it's so important. Cause if you run out of stock, it really hurts your um, ranking. So it's yeah. really nice to have that backup. So you could always, that helps so much with inventory problems. Cause like they're saying, like do you ever get stuck with a ton of inventory? It's really nice that you can just keep some inventory at your house. So you're not paying that inventory storage fee and everything. You can ship exactly what you need right. and quickly switch it to being merchant fulfilled if you run out. I think that's huge. That's really helpful to know that. That's yeah. a really good tip. And yeah. if, 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 if anybody wants to do that and you're smarter than me, you can get a third party logistics company to do it for you. So there yeah. are, there are companies all over the country where they have a warehouse and a computer yep. and you can send them inventory and they will merchant fulfill for you or they'll ship and pack to Amazon for you. And it doesn't have to be in your basement. Yeah. They charge just a, a, a pretty minimal fee for this. So yeah, we're moving towards that eventually. Um, um, my my uh, business partner and significant other is kind of fed up with uh, doing as much as we do out of the house. Like it, 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 it also makes it difficult to, to scale and to like go on vacation, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it might make sense if you're, if you're willing to try this out, just set it up at the beginning to, to have all the inventory go somewhere else and not have it in your living room or anything like that. Uh, my husband was pretty patient with me with all the FBA inventory everywhere, <laughs> but eventually I was not patient enough with myself. And I was like, I got to get this stuff out of here. And that's, that's kind of where it, I knew I was at a crossroads where I'm like, okay, I have to either do private label or I have to do merch because it's like, there's no way I'm doing all this inventory in my house thing anymore. <laughs> Let's just say I used up a lot of relationship capital with the books in the garage. Yeah. Still trying to recover. So Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, another question for you. Have you ever done the um, Amazon seller integration with like a pod partner? So like a Printful or something like that? Yes, that I, I did it with Printful and for my experience was that it was like a total disaster. Okay. So Tell us about that. The integration didn't work well. Okay. When I went into the listing to try to optimize all the keywords and stuff, it broke the integration with Printful. Ooh. And so Printful has the fields that they want auto-populated and you can't go in and mess with them or it breaks the link or it did back when I tried this a couple of years ago. Okay. Uh, the, the shipping times are terrible. So you're, you're not competitive with any, with anybody, right? So the advantage to FBA is that there are people all over the country who can order my design tonight and have it show up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it's faster than merch. They don't have to print it. it it's ready to go. Wow. And with Printful, it was like two weeks out or something. Okay. Um, and then the third one is pricing. So the advantage with, with what I'm doing is if I want to get a shirt selling or if I want to liquidate it, I can sell it for eight bucks. And with Printful, um, you can't, I, I, I felt like I couldn't sell a shirt for less than 25 bucks without feeling like I was going to, you know, go in the red. So yeah. I think the idea is great, but right now it's, the, it, it, 
the implementation didn't work for for how I'm used to using the platform. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the FBA idea is huge to have it go to two day shipping or even one day shipping because now FBA is going faster and faster. Like there's some places they might get it that day or the next day. It's uh, that's a so, game changer. I'll just throw this out there. That last week before Christmas, mm-hmm. when when merch dies, I'm still going to be selling shirts. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. big. Yeah, and, and now do you are you only doing this with one design right now, or have you expanded? Or so for the last you... twelve months, I've done one design, and yeah. I decided this is working pretty well. I should go a little bit deeper in here. Okay, so I went back and picked my next five top selling merch designs. Okay, and um, I ordered, I picked two colors for each one, three sizes for each color, and a hundred of each. Wow. So that multiplies out to 3,000 shirts. Okay. I ordered 3,000 shirts about a month ago. And (laughs) my printer is um, shipping them all to me. I think I overwhelmed them. Uh, At like $6.75 a shirt? It's cheaper than that. So I'm actually getting it done at a printer out of state. And even with shipping, it's cheaper than who I was using locally. Wow. So it's, it's under $6 a shirt. Um, but still, um, still like $18,000. Yes. So I'm, I'm starting to sweat a little bit because I don't think they're all going to be for sale for, for the end of Q4. Um, so I'm, you know, lesson learned there, maybe spread that around to a couple different printers. If you're going to go crazy volume or find someone who can do crazy volume before you place the order. I don't know. Uh, so anyways, I have uh, one, I have two of them listed and in warehouses right now. I should have a third arrive this week and get it up. But I think the fourth and the fifth, it's going to be really tight. I'll probably have to merchant fulfill them. And um, I don't know if I can get them selling in time. I mean, they'll, they'll get going next year. I'm not worried about it in terms of getting stuck with inventory, but right. I'm not going to get a capitalize on that, on that inventory investment um, for two of those designs. Uh, probably until next year. So okay. that's really cool that you, you have so much faith in this model that you're willing to do that. So I think that's a testament to, to, uh, to this whole idea. It well, does. It does. It speaks volumes. I mean, if it doesn't work, I'll be sure to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for reminding I'll, me. I'll be back in three months and we'll see how it goes. Yes. <laughs> we have to do that. I, I said that at the beginning before we went live, I'm like, would you mind like coming back to let us know how Q4 goes? Because <laughs> I I'd be so curious to see if like you planned it out right or if you needed more or less or whatever. So yeah. neat. One other question I had to you were talking about viral launch. Have you ever used helium ten? I use helium ten as well. So okay. I I I like viral launches. Um, most of their tools I think are a little bit better. That's just my bias. Um, okay. I have met the guy who who started viral launch and he's also super cool. Yeah. Okay. It's also part of my bias. I just kind of prefer them. <laughs> but I also pay for a Helium 10 subscription because some of their tools are just, even though they're maybe not quite as powerful, they're actually easier to use. And so mm-hmm. just for ease of use, like the keyword tracker tool in Helium 10 is what I check to check my um, keyword ranks for, for major products every day. Um, the the viral launch tool kind of does the same thing, but I feel like it's too many clicks <laughs> to see what I okay. want to see on each one. And on Helium 10, it just throws everything out on one screen all at once. It's 
Um, nice. So, yeah, I mean, if anybody has Helium 10, it, it'll probably do all of this for you. You don't have to go out and get Viral Launch as well. Um, I just have like that fear of missing out between these two companies. They're like major competitors. And yeah. I actually switched between the two a couple times. And then I'm just like, screw it. I'm just going to do both. And I'll well, just make sure my profits cover it. I'm so happy to have you on the show because it's an unbiased opinion about the two. So one thing about Helium 10 that I was also going to ask you is um, they have recently included a private label course. So how you were talking about you took a course on private label, they have a course in there that anyone can take. So I was wondering if you knew anything about the course or if you have seen it. Is it good? Is it not good? I haven't taken it. I know it's Kevin King's course. Uh -huh. And for those of you that don't know, Kevin King is a very, very successful private label seller. He, um, I mean, well into um, eight figures in sales, like tens of millions of dollars a year. So he's pretty good at it. He also hosts a conference once a year. I think it's, I forget what it's called, but um, you have to, you have to be like at a certain selling level before you can even get in. Like, wow. like it's like yeah. million dollar sellers and up that go to this conference. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely kind of a big deal and I'm sure he knows what he's doing, um, mm -hmm. that he's giving good material, but I have not actually looked at the course myself. Okay. So guys, if you, those are two to look into viral launch and helium 10, we did a helium 10 video. Well, what's like two or three weeks ago. So you guys can see that on the channel. Um, if you haven't taken a private label course, I really want to take, I haven't taken it yet either. I really want to take the course because I'm very interested in private label because I think it goes very well with merch. I mean, I never thought about it quite like how you're doing where you're actually taking your merch designs and putting it at FBA. But I'm thinking just in general, as you build a brand, there's so many products you could ship in from Alibaba or wherever very inexpensively and it can go along with your product or your product line, like you can find compatible products. So I, I really am interested in private label, um, but I, I'm excited. They literally just, just included that course a week or two ago. Before that, it wasn't part of the cost of Helium 10. So I, I think that is a, a good benefit. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I'll do a, um, I've actually been testing viral launch as well. So um, I met Casey. Mm -hmm. um, is he the one? Yeah. yeah. So we met Casey at uh, Midwest Ecom and oh. I ended up signing up for viral launch just to test it out. And I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I, I like certain aspects of it. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there are certain aspects of Helium 10 that I like too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like like so it's the totally random thing. I like the scribble pad on Helium 10 because it shows what words you've already used for your listing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, forty forty five minutes already. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I have a couple more questions for you. So, do you still do merch much at this point? I, do. I have an active merch account. Uh, my royalties last month were four hundred dollars. So, okay. and that's all stuff that I probably listed two years ago. Okay. So that's, that's nice. Um, <clears throat> on occasion, I'll get a good idea and I'll make a few shirts and throw them up there, but it's, it's, I'm not actively pushing it right now. Okay. Uh, I'm just enjoying some residuals, I guess, on, on work I did two years ago. And, um, my, my teenage daughter is like an amazing, amazing artist. Um, nice. she's teaching herself graphic design 
and we got her like the iPad Pro with Procreate, and like she is killing it with it. I mean, she awesome. she it. So I'm kind of keeping the account open and active, um, you know, intending to kind of hand it over to her to actually do like real work on it. Yeah. She 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 has the ability to really just kind of just take it by storm when when she gets to that point where you know, where she wants to do that. So um like you know I'm I'm not like super active in merch but I understand that that account is an asset and I'm hanging on to it uh to to kind of hand to her later but also enjoying the couple hundred dollars a month that still comes in. Yeah. And it's also there to test stuff. So if you yeah. uh, want to test more ideas in the future it's an expensive way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you ever get into KDP at all or Create Space? I did not do either one. I know about them. Um, I've I've spoken with with you know some of the people who are putting out great content and you know who who do some of the groups for KDP. And I I do believe that it is a really good opportunity for people whose skill set that is to to create. Um, again, I I kind of learned in 2018 um, the skill set that that really indicated success in merch was didn't really align with mine. Okay. So, you know, I, I think if, uh, so I, I had hired designers for a while and that was working fairly well, but I was still, um, well, I think what killed me is there was a TOS update at some point that made it sound like merch really didn't want you giving your account to VAs to upload stuff for you. And, that kind of just freaked me out. And so I kind of shut down the whole like outsourcing thing I was doing. And um, I just, I just don't have time to upload stuff. So if they ever open that up and say, it's cool to let a VA upload, or if they do sub accounts, uh, then I will definitely get back into this and like hire a designer, send them ideas and have somebody else upload it. Cause um, that I can do. But yeah. um, the, the, the workflow that it ended up being for me was just like not a good use of my time. It's not, um, it's not where I add value in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great that you recognize that and, you know, have made adjustments. So, mm -hmm. wow. I hope they do add that. That that would be really nice. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It would. Um, now I do have another question. So it, you clearly have a lot of FBA experience and that sounds like it's um, something that you've been doing for a while. Mm -hmm. um, what would your um, advice be to some of our viewers that maybe have never done FBA and are interested in trying this with some of their merch designs? Where should they start? I think I would recommend um, finding a couple of uh, Facebook groups that are dedicated to talking about Amazon FBA, but I would also recommend finding a course and some some people that you trust who, who really know what they're doing, because this is one of those things, kind of like with merch, bad advice can get your account shut down. Okay. And it, that's, it, uh, it's just not worth it, right? So if, he, if, if Helium 10 offers a free course with their membership, that may be a very good place to start. Um, the course that I took is called Amazing Freedom. It's offered by um, Andy Slamins and Leron Hirschkorn. Those guys are Amazon wizards, and I would recommend them to anybody. Um, there are also some, some courses out there that are going to be 
you know, even more expensive, some that are less expensive, but I think it's important that you find a mentor who people trust to give good information and just learn what they're doing first before you kind of try to go too far off the rails. Um, and again, you can learn all of this yourself, but nowadays there are some pitfalls where if, if you do something that's that you see some people talking about and you don't realize it's against terms of service, mm. you, you can just get shut down before you get started. So I would just recommend looking around. There are great resources out there. They're not all, they don't all cost money, but make sure that whoever you're listening to is legitimate and that they know what they're talking about. So. Perfect. Great advice. And go ahead Helen if you've got oh I no go ahead you I so one follow-up question to that uh, just kind of dawned on me what happens if you get returns so how did how are those handled right now all my returns go back to the Amazon warehouses okay so if somebody you know if somebody orders a shirt and it's the wrong size then um, it gets returned and the customer gets refunded and um, Gosh, I don't actually know what happens to my money. Okay. I think if it goes, if it's if it's still sellable, then the the thing just goes back in inventory, and I can sell it again. Okay. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Sometimes the customer, like I get, I, I can look at my returned inventory report, and a couple of them are. There's a note that says "customer destroyed." I don't know what that means. I I don't like ripped it off their body and <laughs> sent it back, but sometimes they're not sellable. And in that case, Amazon, so when a return happens, Amazon takes the entire sale cost out, like back out of my money. And um, depending on the reason for the return and the condition of the item, sometimes they'll just, they'll give me back the money. But okay. it's, it's basically like if, if I have to give back the money, I'm getting back the shirt. And so I can just sell it again. Okay. But if, if it's some weird thing where it's like not my fault or sometimes the, USPS loses deliveries, the customer gets a refund, Amazon takes it out of my, you know, distribution, but they end up giving that back at some point in the future. They like go through and do this, um, this process where they um, reimburse you for returns that aren't actually your fault. So, okay. Um, I, Again, there, there's actually s services and software that monitor all this for you. Yes. I've heard stories about people finding out that Amazon owes them like $80,000 in return refunds. Um, oh my gosh. So I don't do enough volume that I'm that worried about like that quantity of money, but I, I usually check it once a year and I'm probably due for checking it. So thanks for mentioning that. Okay. That's why th this is a very good point of why the courses are good because. I didn't take a course. So there are certain things like that where I just totally missed the ball. So I was not checking my returns very well at all. Like, so there's probably tons of refunds I never got. Um, and then also just, just certain tips. Like I, I don't think I, I mean, I wasn't doing private label. I was only doing FBA. So I didn't really have to make the listing myself. But if you're making the listing yourself, the course will help you figure out how to do that properly. And right. right. Okay. So. And have you, so I don't know exactly how this works, but I've, I've heard of people doing this. Um, 
something about if you have inventory on Amazon, you can also push that to eBay. Is that correct? Or yeah, I don't do that, but some people do. So okay. you can you can push the listing to eBay and actually have an order on eBay fulfilled by Amazon. Okay. Uh, I think eBay started to get upset about that because Amazon ships everything in Amazon branded boxes now. Mm -hmm. boxes. So I, I don't, I think some people still do that, but it's not quite the game that it used to be like two years ago. Gotcha. And I think Amazon doesn't like to be a drop shipper either. So I think you kind of get both, companies a little upset about that but yeah i don't know because i know there was joe lister and different things that right. helped you with that process right so i don't have a definitive answer for that because i've been out of fba for a year and a half but yeah. um yeah what other questions do you guys have thank you guys all for watching and being here yeah uh, i'm sorry i'm uh, a little behind with the chat i was just getting too too engrossed in conversation <laughs> Tim Massey, Teresa, Patty, Brad, all you guys. Thank you so much. Laura. Perfect. We've got another question from Patty. If you want to scroll all the way down in the chat. The Santa one? Yep. Santa wants to know, can you elaborate on the advantage of the iPad Pro with software for graphic design? Santa says, my old iPad works fine. Is there a good reason for the new one? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, you know, I, when I, when I do merch designs, I actually don't use, um, I'm still using like the over app. That's what and I do. I have, I have Adobe illustrator to like fix stuff or to do more complicated things, but I'm actually not, I'm pretty terrible at illustrator. Okay. Uh, so if I'm making something myself, it's text-based. Definitely. Um, I don't go much past that, but my daughter, is amazing. So we bought an iPad Pro just for her to play with and teach herself graphic design. And um, I bought a new one because it was new. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure the old ones work, but I, I definitely have like zero knowledge or experience about like what program is best or what, what any of that. Okay. I, all I know is I gave her an iPad Pro and with Procreate on it and she's already making like stuff that just yeah. That's so awesome. Yep. I have no, I can't answer that question either. What about you, Christina? Um, so I have an iPad Pro with Procreate and it's awesome. Um, it depends, Patty, it depends on how old your current iPad is. Um, there, some iPads work with the Apple Pencil, some don't. Um, but if yours doesn't work with the Apple Pencil, then yes, you would if you want to practice graphic design, you would definitely want a newer one. And um, it's easier for me to work on the pro version just because it's a larger workspace. So, um, so the regular iPad is a certain size, but the iPad pro is like, I mean, the, the screen is almost as big as my laptop screen. So um and there's so many different like brushes and techniques and all sorts of things that you can do with Procreate. It's, it's a really, really awesome tool. So if you're looking, if you like the feel of a like drawing with a pencil, that's definitely the way to go. 
So cool. Thank you. I knew we'd have yeah. somebody who can answer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we got five more minutes. Any last questions? Thank you so much, Greg, for being here. This is like yeah. amazing. I, it's yeah, just making my brain think of all these different ideas. No problem. I know. I'm really, really thinking about trying this. So I think Greg, the, are, are you accepting any um, mentees, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was actually thinking about uh, if this works out, if, if it goes well, I would be happy to share what I'm doing with other people. And I thought, you know, maybe we could set up a, a group that was just kind of dedicated to this this whole thing and we i could explain what the process was step by step um so honestly i i the thought crossed my mind but if if i do that right now i'm going to do a really bad job at it yeah I know what you mean. there's just too much q4 going on right now yeah so if, if that started i i think i would end up like neglecting it and ignoring people and giving very like short answers to mm -hmm. things that required long answers. And so in the interest of not just sending anybody down the wrong path right now, um, again, like in formats like this, I'm happy to talk about and share what I'm doing. And if, if it works well for me, then I will think about a way to share this with more people in a more structured format. Um, but if, if any of your uh, viewers or listeners are interested in that in the future, um, you know, they can, they can let you know and you can let me know and maybe we can, like I said, meet back up in three months and, and kind of evaluate my results and see what happens. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Guys, yes, in the comments, definitely write if you would like to have him back on the show for a follow-up to after Q4 to see how this goes. I and think good, yeah. And also if you would like more information about this. I Hopefully you guys all do, because I do. Um, so, and then I was just gonna say one more thing. We were talking about bundles and we were talking about like if you have like a couple shirt or something like that. Um, but because of sizing and it might be a little bit complicated to set up, you could make a bundle with something else. Like you could make a bundle yeah. with um, anything, like a, a one of those like drawstring bags or maybe like a coffee mug or anything. So that might mm -hmm. uh, differentiate your listing a little bit too. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Cool. And we did have one other question. Um, Patty asked if that that design that you ended up putting on FBA, um, did you also put that out on other print on demand platforms or did you never really get to that point where, you know, is it out on Redbubble and Cafe? It if it's on Redbubble, it's not by me. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I really, so I, I know that there are other pods out there and the way I treated that is kind of like I treat eBay with, with my Amazon stuff. I know I could get five to 10% more sales on eBay, but then I have to deal with eBay people. Yeah. Yeah. eBay person, I'm sorry, but, um, my, my experiences as, as a customer on eBay, uh, I, I prefer to be an Amazon customer and I've learned, I also prefer to be an Amazon seller. And, um, so just like on some of the other, you know, pod platforms it was just it's like i'm not like a pod guy right and so that it just wasn't what i want i didn't want to be everywhere on everything i just wanted the most high volume platform where i'm going to get like 80 percent of all the sales of of everything 
Um, so that's kind of the way that I've, I've treated that. I know that I'm leaving money on the table everywhere else, but I just don't have the time or energy to manage all of that. Yeah. Um, so if anybody finds out what my design is and wants to put on, on Redbubble, <laughs> um, just let me know and give me like a dollar royalty on each one. <laughs> that's there <all>. you go. <laughs> I am the, so much the same way. Like I have so much trouble getting my designs on all the other platforms because there's just no, like I can't get the desire to do it. I was using OrbitKit um, to do that, but even with OrbitKit, I kind of, trailed off and stopped doing it because it's just one more step that I just, I, it didn't feel worth it enough to me. Like I just right. keep, I just keep going back to either KDP or merch because it's like, it's, it's just so much bigger bang for your buck. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's a million and one ways to make money, uh -huh. but what's the way that you're really good at that makes the most money. And yeah. that's what you should do with your time that is your money making time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is a lesson that I have had to learn the hard way that I'm still learning. Um, I'm one of those people that like to try everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I've really just in the last year and a half tried to like cut a ton of stuff out of the periphery so I can concentrate on the things that are working really, really well for me so that they can work even better. And it's actually worked great. So I have gotten completely like all in on Amazon FBA and this private labeling the merch products is just one small piece of what I'm doing. Um, but in the last 12 months, um, I've quadrupled my, my sales numbers. So, uh, it's just, this is, I think where I need to be spending my time and effort. And so I'm just finding new ways to use the tools that I'm good at using and like just pulling in experience from, different places and integrating, integrating it into this sales platform, because this is what I can make work right now. So that's not the way that it's going to be for everybody. Some people are going to just blow me away on KDP or on merch. And that's totally fine. Like we don't all have to do the same thing. Um, but I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, when I was really on merch and trying to like tell everybody I knew about it and how everybody should be doing merch, and it was so great. Like, why would you not do merch? <laughs> and then, um, you know, like, turns out I probably shouldn't have been doing merch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like not every single opportunity is the best opportunity for everybody. And it's, yeah. it's taken me a while to realize that both for other people and for myself. So I've, I'm dedicated to just having a little bit narrower focus moving forward. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's so funny because most people are like that, where it's like they want to try everything and then they have to really force themselves to become focused. Mm -hmm. And it's like, for me, it's like the opposite, where it's like, I just want to be focused. Like, I don't even want to do any of these other things, but I have to like force myself just to see, like test out the opportunity. Am I going to like it better? And also like just having this platform, like people are going to ask me questions about all these other platforms. So I need to know something about them to be able to answer or at least point them in the right direction. Right. So this year I really like forced myself to try a lot of different things. Um, but by the end of it, I'm like, man, <laughs> I just want to go back to merch. <laughs> like <laughs> I do not at all like spreading my time out between different platforms. Like that is not, I like to be a focused person. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this year has been real struggle for me to, to test out all these different things. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I think it was worth it. But I, uh, I really think in 2020, I'm just going to let myself be focused again. <laughs> I like being focused. I think it's, uh, it's, it just is the easiest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so any last words from Greg, Christina, anybody? I think that's it. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions um, as, as I have time. So tag me in the group if, if there's anything urgent or if you can't get a hold of me, uh, you know, just yeah. mention it uh, in, in the group and I'll swing back around. Like I said, I, I'm going to spend some time sharing what I'm doing uh, when things are not quite so crazy. So yeah. it will happen. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, just I guess, wish me luck. And uh, if anybody is thinking about doing this, please do not order anything from any screen printers in Texas until after (laughs) Q4. Well, thank you so much, Greg. We really appreciate you being on. And we look forward to having you back in January or February, whenever, hear all about your success. Sounds great. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Good night.